Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. This is Gary Neron welcoming you to the Lamp and Light broadcast, coming to you from the studios of Central Baptist Church in beautiful Ocala, Florida. Lamp and Light is a ministry, taking a book of the Bible verse by verse, teaching as it is to men as they are, without compromise or apology, speaking the truth in love, and our purpose is to give the lamp and light to all. Last week in our study of Hebrews chapter 10, we were talking about the rending of the veil and its significance to our salvation. Let's continue with that discussion today. Now, here is our teacher and pastor, Dr. Andy Bloom. Now, since I cannot improve upon it, let me share with you J. Vernon McGee's commentary on this verse. McGee states, Through the veil is to say, through his flesh. The word became flesh, John 1.14. John did not say it was a new and living way open to God because of the incarnation. The life of Christ saves no one. Now let me insert my comments. The life of Christ was necessary to be lived in order to be our sacrifice. And the way he lived is an example for us. But his perfect life does not save us. We enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Not the earthly life of Jesus Christ. Our entrance, as we're continuing here with McGee, is not through his incarnation, rather it's through the rending of the veil, his flesh through death. Now let me add, the word new is from the Greek word prospatos, meaning newly slain. It speaks of the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ has opened for you and me a new and living way to God through his crucifixion, yea, through his death on the cross. The new and living way, which is newly consecrated for us, has the idea of a new way is made now for you. Instead of once a year via a fallible high priest, now we can go daily through the great high priest with never a chance this priest will fail us because he's not fallible. And so what a great improvement over that old system. Now one note here on the veil and his flesh. The veil of the temple was quite thick. It is said by the Jewish Talmud of that time that the veil of the temple was 60 feet long and 30 feet wide. So you think of 60 feet long. That's 10 six-foot men on top of each other. It's estimated that the thickness was as thick as a man's hand. 
It would take many men to handle it. Jesus Christ died at the time of the evening sacrifice, which would have been right around 3 o'clock p.m. The priests that were in there at that time to burn incense, which was symbolic of prayer, they were right there when God ripped the veil from top to bottom. Isn't that interesting? God ripped it from top to bottom. Now, in an earthquake, you'd think it would rip from bottom to top. But God was ripping it, and it was from top to bottom. And my friend, those priests that that offered the incense offering, they weren't the high priests. Boy, all of a sudden, they were seeing all the stuff that had previously been forbidden to them. The furniture in the temple and tabernacle was arranged in the shape of a cross. Well, the veil is ripped via the cross, and now the two rooms are one. Man enters in prayer as a result of his cross. That is why we're optimistic about prayer. That is why we go in Jesus' name in prayer and know whatsoever ye ask in his name, he does it. It is a divine plan and a completed action extravagantly carried out for you and me that we might be able to come to him with boldness. And that takes us to verses 21 and 22. This is there, in having an high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. In verse 21, We're told we have a high priest over the house of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. But that was not the tabernacle house or the temple house of the Old Testament, nor even the temple of our bodies. This is now addressing the holy temple of heaven, yea, even the most holy place there. And verse 22 tells us what to do since we have this assurance regarding ourselves in our personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, we are to draw near with a true, that is, with a genuine heart. Now, you've heard people say, be real, man. (laughs) Well, that's the idea here. Be genuine. Prayers that aren't a ritual-like exercise, rather they're a vital close heart relationship with Christ, is now being addressed. I recently talked to someone who had not been going to church as he is supposed to be going, not faithful. And I asked him, had I offended him? Oh, no, no, no. And had anybody else? Oh, no, 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 no one's offended me. And he used to be faithful and serve the Lord. So I asked, well, what happened? He said, well, preacher, he said, this economy hit, and 
Here my brothers are wicked men. I've witnessed to both of them. They're not saved. And they're prospering. They're making a lot of money. And here I am. I've gone through all my savings. I've gone through all my money. And I don't know how we're going to hold on to our house. And and uh, he says, for the last three years, it's been a real struggle. And I, I don't know why God allows that. And he was blaming God for all his problems. Well, what God did is that he revealed that there was a God in his heart that was above him. Because he couldn't be faithful to God in the fires. He couldn't be faithful in the trials of life. And usually it's a trial that proves whether our prayer life is a real prayer life or if it is a ritual. A ritual that, like some people, go to a gym two or three times a week. Well, prayer, my friend, is more than a ritual. It is a vital, close, heart relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you are saved, you are a priest of God. Therefore, do your office with your whole heart. He speaks of the heart here in verse 22, being sprinkled from an evil conscience and the body washed with pure water. The evil conscience here is speaking of evil in a moral or spiritual sense. The Old Testament priest would sprinkle blood for himself and then wash his body before making an appearance in the holy place. Well, the sprinkling of blood was a type of a cleansing of the heart by the blood of Jesus Christ dealing with the inner man. Make sure you keep your inner man clean each day. Stay fessed up, as some of the folks back in the country like to say. Having therefore, 2 Corinthians 7, 1 says, These promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. That idea of perfecting is maturing or growing in holiness. You see, the washing of our bodies with the pure water was the cleansing of our outward life before man. Being separate from worldliness, being separated from the things of this world. The pure water represents also the word of God. Separation should be taught concerning doctrine and worldliness. Why? Because it affects our power in prayer. So my friend, make sure, make sure that you're living a holy, separated life, separated unto God and separated from the world. Now that takes us back to full assurance of faith. Faith must have solid ground. The priest washed with pure water, that outward man. However, we need to see that he sprinkled blood for the inward man. Now, why did they do it? 
Well, first of all, it was the instruction of the Word of God, okay? Our faith needs to be founded upon the Word of God. Romans ten seventeen lets us know faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So we see that the blood was sprinkled to cleanse the inner man because the life is in the blood and our life is in the blood of Christ. But the outward man, shown by the word of God, the pure water, also is important that we're living by the commands and direction of this, his book. So we need faith in the fact that he has opened this new and living way for us. And having that faith, we come boldly, that is, we come frankly, as we know his word, in order to ask his grace for our petitions. As you grow to know his word, you learn how to pray what you should or should not ask. If it is love for God we have that is a true heart, then those petitions, which may call for miracles, but are based on the fact that our hearts are close to God, to the word, and through obedience, we are asking, then, within his will. This is your radio pastor, Pastor Andy Bloom, saying, May the word of God be a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway today. We want to thank you for listening to the Lamp and Light broadcast. If you would like a CD copy of today's message by Dr. Bloom, Send us your name, mailing address, and include the radio station by which you are listening and the date of the broadcast. We would appreciate a gift of $5 to Lamp and Light Broadcast, 1714 Southeast 36th Avenue, Ocala, Florida, 34471. You may also visit us on the website and freely download the sermons by clicking on the sermon library. That website is www centralbaptistocala.org Again, the address for the Lamp and Light broadcast is 1714 Southeast 36th Avenue O-C-A-L-A Florida 34471 And again, our website is www.centralbaptistocala.org This is your announcer, Gary Neron, saying May God's peace be with all that are in Christ Jesus. Stand so the hills may tumble, it will firmly stand when the earth shall crumble. I will plant my feet on its firm foundation for the Bible stands. I will plant my feet on its firm foundation.